Welcome. I'm Sirius Afshar, and this is the Wigos Informal Economy Podcast Social Protection. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most pressing issues related to the linkages between the informal economy and social protection, including debates around workers' health provision, pension schemes for older workers, as well as childcare systems and other social protection policies for informal workers in order to improve their livelihoods. And in this episode, the pandemic has highlighted the crucial importance of childcare provision. Across the world, lockdown measures and school closures taken to curb the spread of the coronavirus have threatened the already limited provision of childcare services for women informal workers and their children. Quality childcare services are expensive to run, with parents unable to pay user fees due to their loss of income during lockdowns. Many centers are having difficulties to stand on their feet even after the restrictions are coming to an end. In turn, this shock affects millions of women informal workers who have left their work or reduced their working hours to take care of their children, losing their income and widening the gender gap. In this episode, we look at how the Union de Trabajadores de la Economía Informal, UTEP, an informal workers' central union in Argentina, has supported childcare cooperatives to provide these services for informal workers' children. To understand how these community childcare centers work in Argentina, how they have been affected by the pandemic, and the challenges ahead, we invited Carolina Palacio. Carolina is an organizer from the Argentinian Federation of Way Speakers, affiliated to UTEP, and also she coordinates the Buenos Aires Coastal City Project at WeGo. And now, let's hear our talk with Carolina Palacio. Carolina Palacio, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Cyrus. Okay, Carolina. So before we dive in, can you explain to our audience who may not be familiarized with the Argentinian workers' movement, what is UTEP? So UTEP is the Union of Popular Economy Workers. And by that, we have a broader understanding of what popular economy is. And I think it's interesting that we can maybe go deeper into that. Because what we are trying to say is that the system is excluding workers of the typical wage relationship between a patron and a worker. So what we're trying to do or explain or say with popular economy is that the excluded workers are the ones that should be included by specific politics or public policies towards the, this, this type of workers, is the ones that are excluded into the different branches of the, of the economy itself. So we are unionizing by asking the governments to be responsible for that. And why do we say that? It's because the governments are the one, or the state are the ones responsible about the type of economics that they are engaging with. So they will need to be taking care or uh, responsible for the ones who are ex excluded into, the, into those policies. And that is why we are unionized and asking for the, for different or, or different policies in the in the different branches. For example, in the waste speaker branch, we are asking for policies related to the big corporations who are not taking care of the ones who 
are actually recycling the waste that they, they are producing. So that is one of the policies that could be, you know, towards each sector. The popular economy is a reality and that we need to take care of that. We need specific policies towards the popular economy sector. Mm. Now let's go a bit deeper on this childcare initiative in Argentina. How did it start and why UTEP decided to start it? Well, it started with the the different approaches the waste pickers had with engaging the government into their livelihoods. For example, a waste picker, when there was this economical collapse in 2001 and a lot of waste pickers came around, there were there were a lot of unemployment, so many people turned into their, their livelihoods into waste picking. So they were saying that the waste pickers were exploiting their kids by bringing them into their work. They were going through the streets with their carts and with their kids. So there was a saying that there was child labor. And the ones who were defending waste pickers' work, we were saying our sons and daughters are not working. They are just accompanying us because we cannot leave them at home because it's unsafe to leave kids at home without accompaniment. So what we were saying is like, okay, we don't want to bring our kids to work. We want a safe place for our kids while we work. So it was out of struggle what came out of the childcare facilities. It's like, we don't want to bring our kids to work. We want a safe place. So put a safe place for us close to our workplace or close to our home. So we take as one of the aspects of a, of a salary or, a, or the workers' rights is to have a, a place for their kids. So the first agreement with the Buenos Aires city government was to have a, one of the first agreements before having a salary for waste pickers was having a childcare facility. And it was allocated in the in the metropolitan area of Buenos Aires that was Villa Fiorito in Lomas de Zamora. That was the first one. And then after that, it was a policy. It was like a like an internal rule of our movement to do the same. It's like if we cannot ask for a salary, we can ask for agreements for safe places for our kids. And then it was, you know, um, replicated into different branches. We have different childcare facilities for the different branches of the popular economy workers with the different approaches because it's not the same uh, like a peasant who goes to work at 3 a.m. in the morning, but with a hour speaker that goes to work at 5 p.m. after school. So each childcare facility center goes through a specific adaptation of the workers' needs. Mm. Can you explain how do these centers work? What role do childcare workers, UTEP members, parents, caregivers have in running and managing the childcare cooperatives? The role is the most active that you can see. I think it's the most active that anyone can see. For example, myself, now I am trying to leave my son in, into a childcare facility and I have no saying there. You know, it's like I'm, a, I'm an autonomous worker and I have no saying of the, of the kindergarten where, where my, my kid is going to go next year. But for example, for the waste pickers, the peasants or the garment workers that are now involved in the childcare facilities that we are, you know, motorizing, they are very, very active in the activities in the what we call the cabinets because we need to adapt to the, their own type of work. It's, and it's interesting because the formalization of the work of the waste pickers or the, or the garment sewers or the peasants, it's completely intricated with the childcare facilities that they need. For example, as I was saying, we have one of the childcare facilities that is situated in the in the south of the Buenos Aires province, where 
I, I think there are 3,000 uh, peasants work in a, like a seasonal because, for example, there is like a, a, an onion crop during and it's called the Sur Cebollero. It's called the the onion south of the of the uh, Buenos Aires province. So they they cultivate uh, onions and the 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 moment that they need to go and and, and work it's exactly like 3 a.m. So they need to they need to adapt. It's not that they need to adapt to a childcare facility, but the other way. So it's very difficult, you know, to find workers to to do it. So we work with pedagogical partners. Our approach is popular education and, of course, granting the rights of the, the girls and boys. We try to make pedagogical partnerships between, maybe it's not one of the one of both the two parents because maybe uh, both of them work, but we try to engage someone from the families, you know, so into the into the childcare facilities. And then it's uh, someone that has a professional background in that type of work. But we always uh, work closely into the different groups of the of the kids that are in those uh, child cares and it's like and it's like that with a popular education approach within partners and they um, they plan everything together you know especially the, you know the times the times that they need the space for care and the activities and they have a very very active they, especially the parents slash workers they have a very active role there um, because it's completely adapted to their needs if they if they are not that active it will be impossible to you know to to be trying cope their needs and do, do you have an idea of the reach of these centers i mean how many centers are there and how many children attend these facilities yes yes there are 12 child care facilities uh, around the country in the different different provinces of the of Argentina, it's Córdoba, Corrientes, Entre Ríos, and plenty of them in Buenos Aires province. Then the reaches out of uh, nearly uh, 900 families are are supported by these child care facilities. And the interesting thing is that all of them are out of the struggle of the different work groups because we have different agreements with local governments for them to grant them. For example, there is one in the dam site of San Pedro in Buenos Aires province. And that one, for example, the parents go to work to the dam site to work there at 5 a.m. in the morning. So the kids need to go at 5 a.m. in the morning. And it's very difficult to find a maternal teacher that would like to, you know, to be working at 5 a.m. in the morning because here they start at least at 7 or 8 a.m., you know, the regular ones, the formal ones. So at one point, you know, it's very difficult and the agreements and we, we set our demands, you know, and then we involve, of course, always the government, you know, to accompany it because if not, it would be something like uh, we need safe space safe places and the safe places are granted by professionals that we cannot pay so we ask the governments to pay for them now that you mentioned payment can you explain how these centers are financed and specifically how does the government support these child care cooperatives the philosophical approach of UTEP is that the governments are responsible are responsible for the popular economy workers and in each right that is neglected to the workers, we we demand we demand for that, and we make a protest for that, and we ask for agreements to to you know to get the things that we are not getting by law. So we we, we say that we arran arrancamos los derechos that we are 
you know, grabbing the rights that we are being neglected by. So it's out of struggle. Out of struggle, we get everything. So we ask the governments by agreements out of a protest to accompany us, to accompany us the way that we need. As I was saying, if, if we are in need of childcare facility that starts at 3 a.m. in the morning, that's what we need. We will not adapt the other way, you know. So we get agreements with different local governments, national governments or provincial governments. And out of those agreements, we make an architecture trying to uh, finance the childcare facilities. That's the way that those childcare facilities are uh, financed. At the same time, for example, the one in Buenos Aires City, as I was telling you before, it was one of the first agreements. I think it was in 2005, the first agreement to before getting a salary in the, that was in 2011. We got five years before we got the, the child care facilities in Buenos Aires City. It's like having agreements with the municipalities or the, or the national government to finance the child care that we need. And... It's interesting, but because um, they are saying that we do not adapt to the system, but it's like there's an obstacle there because we do not adapt to the system. That's why we are excluded and why we are excluded, we cannot adapt to the system. So <laughs> it's a tricky thing, but it's the only way to get financing is by out, out of struggle, out of the struggle and by getting special agreements with, a, with very specific technicalities to each space that we have. And of course, you know, as everything in a popular economy has a lot of voluntary work at the same time. Since we need to make an architecture to finance a childcare facility, it might we might we might have, for example, voluntary work for doing, you know, the cleaning of the spaces or others. So we are we are financing it. You know, finding an architecture that it's a mix of government-led uh, agreements and at the same time our work. Mm -hmm. So UTEP childcare cooperatives also serve to connect way speakers and their children to other services by having a doctor on site and access to social workers. Can you tell us more about how UTEP has been able to build those links with other professionals who support the childcare service? There is a, a lot of things that we do in a, on an integral way. We do, for example, have a, our own health cooperative. So we articulate a lot with them. You know, the, psych, the psychologist, uh, the psychologists that are, you know, working in, a, in our in our health co-op, they participate in lots of childcare facility centers. The same with integral family doctors. The same with psychopedagogists and others. We we are all integrated. We try to make you know an economic way of doing it. For example, one of the healthcare locals are in close to the childcare facility that we have. For example, we try to make that as a as an economic way of <laughs> of making the most out of, of out of the few money that we get and and try to build up all of our efforts. So everything is we are trying to do it on an integral way. And then our doctors do, for example, they do, the medical doctors, they do, um, you know, uh, have like a special agenda of um, visiting the different centers that we have. What I mean with different centers is like either a green center of, of, of the way speakers, 
And at the same time, they check their facilities and at the same time, one of the garment nodes or in the, in the rural areas, they do, they do visit, of course, the different productive units. And everything that we do, we do it integral and we're very, very participatory way because uh, if we do not participate, we are not, you know, getting what we need. So in that aspect, for example, we always try to integrate what we call the Servicio Local. It's the local service that is like the social development ministry. It's in, in each neighborhood. They have like an office there and we try to to engage them in everything that we do. And of course, our doctors do, they do need, for example, vaccines. And, you know, those are the ones who uh, are uh, delivering different vaccines. So in that case, for example, we articulate with the local service for granting vaccines to all the childcare facility centers. So that's a, a, another, you know, exam, very specific example of how we do integrate, you know, the, the specific things related to health and other, and other aspects in the integral health of a family. One other thing, for example, is something that we are um, working on with uh, WIGO, and it's a very sensitive subject, is child and juvenile abuse, for example. It's something that we, or especially the social workers or psychologists working uh, close to each childcare facility, they do notice about that. And how do we cope with that? So now we're working with WIGO, uh, developing a special protocol to how to cope with that type of situation. And after having that protocol, we're doing some workshops for the popular educators uh, in each part of the country, because it's something that, unfortunately, and it's something that makes us very, very sad, but it happens. And it's something that we cannot, you know, cover our eyes, but we need to deal with it and with a specific protocol that was delivered by us, by lawyers, by social social workers, psychologists and doctors uh, building up that protocol and trying to deliver it and uh, do some sensibilization all around the country. So let's move to the present time. We have been facing a pandemic for almost two years now. How did the childcare centers work during the pandemic and what kind of adaptations did they have to make? Well, it was very difficult. I think it's something that was across worldwide because the popular economy workers, not all of them were called to be essentials, so they weren't allowed to work. So they needed to stay at home and there was no way of you know of of bringing food to their tables so it was very very difficult for them to do that so what mainly each childcare facility is situated in a place that those childcare facilities are you know are needed but at the same time they might also work as i was saying as a socio-communitarian place where people gather you know and since i was saying you know there, there is a, a doctor's visit some, some you know uh, once a month or twice a month and for example there is a social worker a psychologist so it's a place where a lot of people go towards uh, if there is something that they are needing so that was the case while the pandemic and people needed food so plenty of them ter- turned out because, of course, each childcare facility uh, does provide food every day for the kids. So they have kitchens. So those kitchens were open to the community to, you know, to cook and deliver food. That was 
the, at the first stage of the pandemic where there is a to, there was a total lockdown and it was very difficult to find food so those places were a place were a place for granting food for the workers to deliver to cook to find a, a way out a, a cathartic way out so people gathered there uh, although it wasn't allowed but it was uh, they they were the, the soup kitchens or the pop, uh, las ollas populares they were they were allowed by the the, the national decree of of lockdown. So we asked for that. That was one of our, our claims. We needed support and we needed, we, we were saying those places need to exist and, you know, plenty of the childcare facilities and other places of uh, the popular economy workers turned out to be uh, ollas populares. That was the first stage. Then there was a second stage that was related to um, when the restrictions were, were a little bit more flexible, uh, we need to grant again scholarship, you know, uh, the, the new, a new engagement with the school for all the kids that were not allowed to go to school either by that time. So we wanted to support in the virtuality specifically, you know, the virtuality around scholarization. So uh, plenty of the popular educators were uh, visiting each family and seeing if they could support the, the different uh, families either with a with a cell phone with data or sharing some computers you know at least uh, they they were you know turning they were finding spaces to to lend out you know different computers for for kids to you know to watch the classes that they need to keep up with the with the different lessons to be learned in school so that was the second stage and then the third one was well, how do we go back to school? You know, so we go back to school or uh, this this these specific uh, childcare facilities, and we uh, visited each family to find a, you know a solution, a protocol to plan the bubbles, you know, the worker bubbles uh, to go up, to go back to those uh, childcare facilities. For example, the the garment workers decided that they because of the space you know that it was we needed more space now for each for each kid they decided that they were going to prioritize what we call the primera infancia the the for uh, babies of 45 days up to uh, three years old so the child that child care facility that was up to five years old they it was only um, dedicated to early childhood so the parents of the of the you know the the, the sewers the garment workers that were um, working in the textile nodes, they decided that that was the the prioritization. So it was dedicated only for those for those babies, and so the families could work because they could find and it, it's not as simple you know to take care of a of a baby but of a of a kid you know a toddler. So the toddlers must have stayed, stayed, you know, at home with the with the grandparents or or other other uh, close family, but uh, the babies stayed at the childcare facilities, for example. Mm. Those are the type of adaptations that we need to build up during pandemia. And of course, there was an integral access of the the health situation to the towards the families, and that is, as I was telling you about the integral approach of the childcare facilities as a family itself. And in the beginning of the pandemic, just to clarify, the childcare facilities had to be shut down. Well, they were turned into uh, soup kitchens. We were using the the kitchens uh, in each childcare facility to uh, cook for the community mm-hmm. and deliver and deliver cooked food. 
Now to conclude our talk, what are the challenges for the future for these community childcare cooperatives? Well, the main challenge that we have is, as I was telling you, is that in each place or in each situation in particular, we need to engage the, the government with a different approach or out of a struggle. We need a, a unique popular economy workers a policy for childcare facilities, you know, for, for kids from 45 days until 18 years. Because if not, there is, there is no unique policy and we are always, you know, managing and building up architectures of how to fund this type of facilities. Like we need a, we need a single approach for the childhoods of the popular economy workers. We need to adapt to their work. It's not otherwise, not to the, to the formal education. We need to adapt, as I was telling you, you know, the different working hours of the, of the workers, uh, the different uh, modalities and uh, an integral approach. An integral approach is needed there. So I would say that is the, the main challenge and our main demand is to have a, a unique policy for, for the informal or popular economy workers. Carolina Palacio, thank you very much. Barbaro, great. Thank you so much, Cyrus. And if you want to learn more about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the childcare service provision for women informal workers, we will leave links at the description of the episode. Please follow Wigo in our social media channels, Twitter and Facebook to get more updates on our research projects on how childcare service provision for informal workers can support economic recovery efforts. I am Cyrus Afshar and this was the Informal Economy Podcast, Social Protection. See you next time.